Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... It's in every other verse. Sometimes every verse offers the forgiveness of sins and eternal life to anybody. Jesus said, all who come to me, I will by no means cast out. Anybody, anybody. That's why the Bible is full of guys who are the worst of sinners that come to Jesus. Traitors, killers, prostitutes, all kinds. All kinds of people, rich people, poor people, everybody. The Bible offers something that no other book can. A chance at a gift of freedom from all that we have done wrong and all we will ever do wrong in our life. Every word we read about in this book speaks of a God who loves us beyond what we can imagine. His love was so powerful, it led Him to send His only Son to die to give us this gift we call salvation. This gift is offered to anyone and everyone today. Pastor Jim shares with us another passage from this book of hope, free to all who choose to listen. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim with part three of his message entitled, Joyful Knowledge. Let me ask you, friend, what are you going through today? Could you put one word on it? Discouragement? It's at the cross. Loneliness? It's there. Betrayal? It's there. Abuse. It's there. People lying about you. It's there. Try today to put one word on whatever you're going through. Poor. Naked. Shame. Take one word and take it to the cross. Enter into Jesus' suffering and watch him enter into yours. And here we call this word the fellowship of suffering. That's the the word koinonia, a word that the the church throws around so much. We say, come with us after service and we'll have a a coffee fellowship, right? And, and, you know, like, uh, you know, our suffering in the coffee fellowship is we didn't like the way they made the coffee. No, no, no. Fellowship is a deep word. It's a word that tells the Christian that you are not alone. That you are never alone. That Jesus is alive and he is with you. And you and I can actually experience him when we suffer. Oh, I love John Wesley's dying words hundreds of years ago. He's in a room full of people. He's dying. Perhaps you've been in the presence of someone dying and it's a It's a solemn and it's a sad, it's an otherworldly moment. And Wesley exclaimed, the best of all, God is with us. What a way to die. No fear. I cannot wait to open my eyes again in the presence of the Lord. 
In America, we really don't worship Jesus, do we? We worship comfort. We worship ease. Churches that tell people that everything is wonderful and everything is great and you can have everything you want, that God is this big cosmic vending machine, just put something in and press the button and all will come out. I often wonder what Bible they're not reading when they preach those messages. Acts chapter 14, the apostle Paul and his entourage are going back through all the lands and all the cities and churches that they've planted and listen to what he told them. He said, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Comfort says, what can God do for me? Ease says, I tried the church thing. I went twice. God didn't fix my problems. I guess he has no power. All the years to mess up our lives and we give God two shots. But that's what comfort is. But suffering in the Christian says, how in this situation can I get to know the Christ of the cross more intimately? How can I draw closer to Jesus? Not so my problems will go away. We all have problems. No, the Christian is able to weather the storm better because they have built their house on the foundation of the rock. Despite the false teachers who are telling you that life should always be good, despite our sinful brains that think that we should always have everything our own way and the way we like it, suffering for Christ for the Christian is proof of God's grace, not proof of a lack of God's grace. We don't go out and look for it. That's ridiculous. But when it comes our way, we realize this is the entrance into knowing God more deeply. But notice this before we move on, that power came before suffering. The order is very important because the power of the resurrection provides strength in our suffering, provides motivation in our suffering, provides perspective in our suffering because the only way that suffering can lead to a deeper relationship with the Lord is we must be accompanied in our suffering by the risen Christ. Number three, we can joyfully know Jesus as we are conformed by the risen Christ. Still in verse 10, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Look at this, being conformed to his death. Some of your Bible versions say that we are becoming like him in his death. When we get to verse 21 in chapter 3, he will explain that to us more fully. But for now, let's think of it as the way Jesus did. To follow after him is to deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily, and follow him. Ladies, your cross is not your husband. Your cross is not your boss. Praise God, your cross is not your pastor. Although it might feel that way at the moment. No, the cross is the denying of ourselves. Romans 6, the apostle Paul taught us that is being dead to sin and being alive to God in Jesus Christ. 
let's put it a little bit more. Let's put the cookies on the bottom shelf where we can all grab one and eat, okay? Being dead to sin is the death of selfishness in our lives. It is the death of only caring about ourselves. We have to care about ourselves or then everybody else has to watch out for you, right? But we have to care for others as well. It is giving our lives to God. It is pouring our lives to others. I love this about our young people. They want to make a difference in this world. They don't want it just to be, they've seen the failed experiment, right? Of yuppieism. That has just resulted in awful family dynamics. And so they want to give their lives. And this is what being dead to sin is. It is like Jesus Christ who was dead to sin, giving his life on the cross. The idea is becoming increasingly more like Jesus. Experiencing the joy of sacrifice. Giving our own lives For the kingdom of God. Don't you want this world to be different because you were here? That's what this is about. Not being afraid to take a risk. Being afraid not to take a chance. This is such a freeing way to live. But please, for some of us here today... What I'm about to say may be the most important thing that I'm going to say to you, especially if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you are living a joyless Christianity. Because here is the struggle for so many people. We are giving ourselves to other joys and the joy of Jesus is not ours. We are giving ourselves and our hearts and the best of us to other things And the joy of Jesus is not our possession. We are following our own wisdom. We are following our own ways. And the joy of our salvation, the joy of Jesus eludes us. It escapes us. It's not his fault. It's ours. It's ours. And as you mature in your faith, you will come to appreciate this idea of being conformed to Jesus is an ongoing process instead of a one-time event. Because you will fail. And if you think it's a one-time event, if you think, well, I did this Christian sacrament and I'm done when you fail, where does that leave you? Instead of realizing that God wants to start again with you right now. That Jesus hasn't given up on you as you and I have given up on him. If it's a one-time event, what do you do with new challenges? What do you do when your perfectly planned and orchestrated life just takes a left turn? Doesn't go the way you wanted it to be. We said so many times it takes one phone call to change everything. Thank God it is not a one-time thing. This is why faith is an ongoing trust. This is why faith is multiple deaths of ourselves. 
I look at my own life and I think so many of the problems of my own life could be solved with my own funeral if I would just have a death to my own selfishness. Just a death to the ways of my sinful ways of thinking and being more conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Because as we are experiencing the death of our own sinful, selfish desires, we are being brought into fellowship with Jesus. When he talks about being conformed to his death, I think we have to ask ourselves, why are we so surprised when we have trials? Why are we so surprised when things are not going well? Don't we want to be more like Jesus? For years, people wore those bracelets that said, what would Jesus do? And then one little problem came. They wanted to take the bracelet off. We wouldn't know what Jesus will do till we do what? Till we can be conformed to his death. Don't we see that the path of joy led Jesus to the cross? Friends, our problem is not that there's difficulties in our life. The problem is we're not ready for the difficulties in our life. Because in the times when things are going fairly well, we haven't done the discipline of getting to know Jesus better. And so most of us, we're Americans, we're probably not going to die on a cross. We might not be arrested like the Apostle Paul for telling people about Jesus, although some of our younger people may be. But don't you have spiritual struggles? Don't you have heartache? Don't you have disappointment? Oh, that the Lord would conform us. That the Lord would take those things and show us Jesus. So we have to hurry. We joyfully know Jesus because we can joyfully know Jesus when we're empowered by the risen Christ, when we're accompanied by the risen Christ, when we're conformed by the risen Christ. Finally, number four, when we're resurrected by the risen Christ. Finally, verse 11. He says, if by any means, some of your versions say, so somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And here he's talking about the next life, the completion of the work, arriving at the goal, the end of the inner battle and the inner conflict that we all face every day. Some people say, you know, uh, you don't know what goes on in my heart all day. And I say, thank God, you don't know what goes on in mine, right? If you knew what went on in my heart all day, you would never come listen to me speak. And if I knew what went in yours, I'd never speak to you, okay? <laughs> because it's bad, right? It's bad. And he's talking about when the resurrection of the dead comes, it will all be over. He says, by if any means or so somehow, he's not saying I hope so. If you think that's what it is, you have to read the rest of the Bible a lot more carefully. I think rather he's saying, I, I don't know how the Lord is going to take me home, but I know he's going to. Yeah, but it could be something else. I always hate these parts of the sermons. It could be saying, I can't believe he's going to take me home. After all I've done, after all I've thought, and this guy, we learned before, he persecuted the church. He hated Christians. He calls himself the wretched man. He told Timothy, he's the biggest sinner he knows. And he says, I can't believe God's going to take me home. I hope you feel that way. If you're a Christian, I hope you do. 
I read on the internet and see on the news of all these arrogant Christians pointing people a finger at people for the things that they've done and the things that they've said and the way that they live. And I think, do they even know Jesus a little? Heaven is populated with the biggest bunch of sinners you've ever seen in your life. And they're simply people who just were not so proud, but they were so humble to say, I need a savior. So the apostles taught us that no matter where we are, no matter how we die, a Christian can joyfully go to heaven. Because all of those who have turned to God and put their trust in Jesus, the Bible tells us, have assurance of the forgiveness of sins. Have assurance of eternal life with God. Are visibly seeing the power of sin decreasing. Certainly the desire to sin less is increasing. And at death it will be removed forever. And so here we have in this passage right here, the path to heaven God gives us the righteousness from God that comes through faith, through putting our trust in Jesus. He gives us resurrection power, brings us to life. Our suffering, we can enter into the fellowship of Jesus' suffering. We can be conformed to Jesus, and then we can arrive at heaven. But friends, please do not miss this important point. The hope of heaven is deeply connected to intimately knowing Jesus here and now. Let me please ask you this in humility, not to put anybody down. Do you intimately know Jesus? Do you really know him? You know, if you've been coming here for any length of time, I think you're beginning to see a pattern. We just go through books of the Bible. We're finished verse 11, verse 12. You can read ahead where we are. It's that simple. I'm not trying to be anything fancy here. For those of you who don't know me, I owned a trucking company. I'm like, you know, I like to read, okay. But do you notice that every week, in some way, the word of God comes to us and offers salvation to people who don't yet have it? It's in every other verse, sometimes every verse. Offers the forgiveness of sins and eternal life to anybody. Jesus said, all who come to me, I will by no means cast out. Anybody, anybody. That's why the Bible is full of guys who are the worst of sinners that come to Jesus. Traitors, killers, prostitutes, all kinds All kinds of people, rich people, poor people, everybody. And so the Bible every week offers salvation to you if you don't have it. But if you do and your joy is completely stagnant, the Bible comes to you every week and offers you joy. And very interesting, they're both found in a Savior. The Bible comes on every page and offers you a Savior who is so wonderful, who is so kind who is so loving that he would die on the cross for you and for me. You know, my biggest stumbling block, I think, as a young man was I thought Christianity was girly. I did. 
until I read the Bible. And I realized that my savior was a carpenter and they beat him silly. And he still traipsed up that hill for my sins. And I remember thinking, is there anything more manly? Is there anything more strong that he would do that for me? And friend, he did it for you too. To know Jesus starts with trusting him. And then it becomes trusting him initially. Then it becomes a daily trusting him. Then it becomes a daily pursuing the intimate knowledge of him. But it's just not just knowing about him. It is knowing him. I hear from so many of you, you say, I read the Bible by myself and I, and I don't really understand it all. Please, that's what we call study. Read the Bible to hear from Jesus. Read the Bible to, to, to when he says about knowing God, just say, I want to know you. I don't know what that is. I want to know you. Just be willing When we come to the Lord's table, or some people we call it communion, it reminds us of his great love. It reminds us of the cross. How interesting, how interesting that of all the things Jesus did, he gave us one thing to remember. He said, remember this, my broken body, my shed blood. Not all the miracles, not the great teaching, but this one thing to remember. I think... I have to share with you all something that I think the Lord really dealt with me this week on. I know some of you think, he just gets up here and starts yakking away, right? I spend a lot of time with these Bible verses. I felt the Lord really talking to me about something that I think a lot of us might have to really reconcile. Eventually, every person in this room will meet Jesus. Remember earlier in chapter 2, we came across and said that every knee will bow. Some will do it in this life and will go to heaven. Some will not do it to the next life when they're on their way to hell. But everyone will meet Jesus face to face. How interesting. To some, he will be a judge. And to some, he will be a savior. Some said, God, I'll do it my way. And he says, okay, do it your way. But that doesn't mean that we'll let you into heaven. But others have turned to God and put their trust in Jesus and he will be their savior. And that's not what God dealt with me on. This is what God dealt with me on. That all of us, I believe, whether he's a judge or a savior, this will be our situation. At some point in time, we will all wish that we had pursued him more. All of us. We'll talk about looking ahead. But let's start today by confessing our sins of seeking inferior things. Let's ditch those temporary substitutes. Let's get rid of those things that just bring temporary satisfaction and temporary joy. And let's come back to the simplicity of just trusting in Jesus. The one who came and God himself became a man, lived a perfect life in our place that we couldn't do. 
died a sinner's death in our place, rose from the dead, proving that God was satisfied with the sacrifice and has ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God and says, for anybody who will put their trust in him, I will make you a child of God. And the glory of heaven will be yours. Let's pour ourselves more into what it means to know Jesus. Let's all begin the experience of joyful knowledge. Well, thanks for joining us today for this edition of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, the teaching pastor of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We want to be sure to tell you that today's message from the book of Philippians and many others are available on CD for a suggested donation of any amount. To get your copy of today's message from Pastor Jim, just call us at Changed by Love at 973-659-3380. The only information you need is the date you heard this program. Again, that number is 973-659-3380. Or send us an email. That address is info at changedbyloveradio.com. And when you call or email us to place your order, please let us know how God is using Changed by Love in your life. It's always a great blessing to hear how God is using the teaching of His Word in your lives. To learn more about Changed by Love, visit changedbyloveradio.com. There you'll find an archive of past messages and a secure option to donate if you would like to help support this ministry. Again, the web address is changedbyloveradio.com. That's changedbyloveradio.com. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of Philippians. That's next time on Changed by Love.